Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Rebecca Duke Barton, and we're in the middle of a series about coming home. We're reading the Gospel of Luke and following the life of Jesus here at the beginning of 2022. Luke tells us that after Jesus' baptism, he went into the wilderness where he was tempted. When he came out of the wilderness, he started traveling around the area, teaching in towns all around Galilee. Word was getting out about him, about his wisdom, about his teaching. But it's not until he's back in Nazareth, back in his hometown, that Luke tells us what Jesus was teaching. It has been often said that this, Luke chapter 4, is Jesus' mission statement. If he were the president, this would be his inaugural address. It's his I have a dream speech. It's when he lays out what he's going to do as he goes from town to town teaching. So let's listen to Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 14. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is the year to proclaim the Lord's favor. That's what Jesus said when he started his public ministry. It seems like every year somebody claims a year as their year. Good things are going to happen. I find myself wanting to claim 2022 as Jessup First United Methodist Church's year because it's our 150th year. We're celebrating all year long. Many of us living in Georgia already feel like we've started off in the Lord's favor with the Bulldogs winning the national championship in college football. Yay! Add to that that the Braves are still reigning as World Series champions, and it feels like we're in the Lord's favor in Georgia for sure. If you're playing the word-guessing game Wordle, the word favor was Wednesday's word this week. Everything at the beginning of Luke pointed to this. The angel Gabriel told Mary she was highly favored. The angels proclaimed to the shepherds peace on earth and goodwill to those in whom God has found favor. Last week, we heard the voice of God at Jesus' baptism, that Jesus is the Son, the Beloved, in whom I am well pleased. When we think about God's favor, what do we think that means? We might talk about the Lord favoring us with tangible blessings. I often hear people refer to wealth and nice homes as God's blessings. It's become a bit of a byword, hashtag blessed. We might think of less tangible things too, friendship or family. But it's interesting to compare what we would hashtag as a blessing and what Jesus has to say when he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. 
the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor did you hear all that when jesus wants to describe what the lord's favor looks like it's not about cars or houses or bank accounts not even about winning football games you know the lord's favor when you see this good news for the poor release of captives recovery of sight for the blind i've heard many a bible teacher point out that if it's not good news for the poor it's not the gospel of jesus because he made it very clear here in his mission statement in his inaugural address of course the fact that he's reading from isaiah tells you that this has always been the heart of god the gospel has a way of erasing the lines of class and wealth that we have a tendency to hold on to the gospel has a way of making people feel seen it lifts up those whom the world has made to feel small the gospel releases people from all kinds of captivity and oppression jesus can release us from addiction and things that hold our mind captive we had an active ministry with the jail in Cockwit when i served there before i came to jessup this wasn't a prison a federal prison kind of thing it was the local jail and so it was mostly local boys are from the surrounding counties so i got to know some of the guys they helped out at our food bank they had heard me preach a number of times so one week my friend bobby gale had come bobby runs the ministry unto the least of his and one of their big projects is digging wells in africa you want to talk about good news for the poor that's good news when you've got fresh water when you've had to walk for miles in the past to get it so some of the men in our jail ministry were cleaning on the side of the road and the deputy with them was one of my members so i told bobby hang on just a second we had been at somebody's house to eat lunch because you know when you have a revival you have to feed the preachers thanks be to god so i told bobby hang on and we we slowed down i rolled down the window and i called out a greeting just a general hey guys you're doing a good job the road looks good you know just the kind of word of encouragement that you would give somebody who's working hard and doing a good job they all waved back hey miss rebecca and then i just put up my window and we went on about our way it was really such a small moment but bobby said that was the most important thing in ministry that you did today just taking a moment to let those who are captive know that you care about them and that god cares them cares for them maybe they felt seen that day holocaust survivor ellie wiesel understood the call of isaiah he spoke this prophetic message in his acceptance speech for the nobel peace prize in 1986. he said this as long as one dissident is in prison our freedom will not be true as long as one child is hungry our life will be filled with anguish and shame what all these victims need above all is to know that they are not alone that we are not forgetting them 
that when their voices are stifled, we shall lend them ours, that while their freedom depends on ours, the quality of our freedom depends on theirs. God's people recognized this as the heart of God, good news for the poor, and letting the oppressed go free and helping the blind to see. But Elizabeth Johnson in Working Preacher points out that not everyone takes what Jesus had to say as good news. The people of his hometown didn't want to hear it. They rejected Jesus and his message. Why? I don't think they could see that this is what God was doing. They just saw a kid they grew up with. What prophetic message could he possibly have? Beloveds, I don't want to be the person who rejects the vision that Jesus laid out. So how can we avoid that? How can we sort out what is the message from the heart of God and what isn't? I think Luke gives us three things just in this short passage that help guide us in our discernment. So the first is this. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Luke is going to tell us over and over about the work of the Holy Spirit. The songs we looked at at Christmas were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And most of them were along these same lines of the poor having plenty to eat while the rich go away empty. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So if we want to be part of proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, the spirit of the Lord must be upon us too. So we need the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, we need the scripture. God had been showing his people all along what his heart looks like. If we were to read that whole chapter in Isaiah, it's Isaiah 61, we'd see that Isaiah goes on with a longer message of the way that God is turning the world upside down. So Jesus, when he was proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, picked up the scripture to proclaim it. How much more do we need the scripture to be able to proclaim what God's word is for our world? I like to listen to the devotionals of J.D. Walt from the Seabed Daily Text. He's starting the year encouraging us to focus on meditating on God's word. So one thing he likes to say is first word, last word, God's word. What's the first thing you do in the morning? Is it pick up your phone or turn on the TV or make a cup of coffee? What if the first thing you did every morning was to pick up your Bible? Maybe you even write a Bible verse and keep it by your bedside table so that can be the first thing that you pick up in the morning. Likewise, what do you go to sleep thinking about? Are you falling asleep to the TV or your list of worries for the next day? What if instead your last word of the day was from scripture? I want us to study the scripture. I worry that we're letting other things disciple us. Hours of TV news or social media. And we don't spend very much time reading the scripture. And how are we supposed to know what it looks like when we're in the year of the Lord's favor? 
if we haven't read the scripture to know how God describes it. Okay, so we have the Holy Spirit, we have the scripture, and then there's one more thing. The third thing that helps with our discernment is given almost as an aside in Luke. We could read right past it if we weren't paying careful attention. Jesus went to the synagogue that Sabbath day, as was his custom. Jesus is the Son of God, the Word made flesh, the heir of all things, and he still makes a point of being in the house of the Lord. It's his custom, his practice, to be there every Sabbath. There are blessings that come from being regularly in the house of the Lord that just don't come from anywhere else. Our prayers are joined with other prayers. We hear the word being proclaimed. We sing the songs that worship the Lord. At Jessup First United Methodist, we've spent the last several months renovating the sanctuary. We've got new paint and refinished pews. Places are patched up. We were in the church this morning for worship, and it was beautiful. It felt like coming home. But of course, it isn't the paint and the pews that make church what it is. Those just point the way for us. It's the things that happen in that room, being with other believers, pointing the way to God, singing the songs, praying the prayers, living out our calling. We need that. Jesus was in the synagogue along with the rest of the people from his hometown. It was his custom. But he's with all the other people, not just because it's the year of the Lord's favor, but because it's a year for proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. You see, the kingdom of God is not an opening for private blessings that we just accept quietly. It's a proclamation to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I think if we take these three together, the Holy Spirit, the guidance of scripture, the custom of gathering with other believers, we know what Jesus is calling us to proclaim. I said if he were president, this would be his inaugural speech. But he wasn't president. He's a king, the Messiah. And so he's describing the kingdom of God for us. This is the door opening as Jesus brings in the kingdom that God has in mind. Today, Jesus told us, the scripture is fulfilled. Fulfilled by his deeds, by his words, by his very presence. That day that Jesus stood up and read from the scroll of Isaiah was the beginning of a whole new world of good news for the poor, release for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, liberty for the oppressed, the year to proclaim the Lord's favor. Because Jesus came, it's not just that that one year was the year of the Lord's favor. It's not just that this year is the year of the Lord's favor. It's not because the Bulldogs won or you got a big tax refund or a promotion at work or any of those things. When Jesus proclaimed that that scripture was fulfilled that day, what he was saying is we're always in the year of the Lord's favor from then on. Every year since Jesus came has been the year of the Lord's favor. It's how we count time. That AD when we give the year, it's 2022 AD. 
That doesn't mean after death. It means Anno Domini, the year of the Lord. God so loved the world. Jesus came. He's redeeming us. We are in his favor. And as the people of God, we are called to proclaim it from the house of the Lord, from our homes, in our work, in all that we do. I really want us to spend some time at the beginning of this year thinking about how are we proclaiming it? What are we doing to show good news to our community? I want us to think big in the mission statement of Jesus. I want us to think what we can do to proclaim good news to the poor and release to captives and liberty for the oppressed. So here's some things I thought of. I want you to be praying and think about what you could be doing. We could dig a well in Africa. I'm sure Bobby Gale would come and teach us about what we need to do to make that happen. Or our Methodist Children's Home in Macon is 150 years old this year too. So maybe we could do something bold for those kids. Or maybe there's something locally that God is calling us to do. I think the Holy Spirit is moving us. We just need to discern and listen and see what God is doing next. May it be so in your heart and life. Will you pray with me? Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on all who listen. May we hear the word of the Lord. May we live in the year of your favor. May we go out and live out our calling. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.